play the radio. Make sure the television. Play the radio. Make sure the television. Uh, he almost said phonograph. Hey, it's Aerial View. I haven't been on live in a couple of weeks now, man. It's been a minute. Back with Keith Hartel. Hey. Now, are you supposed to be Siskel or Ebert during this? What do you think? Um, well, which one, uh, which guy usually likes it more? And I don't know which one of us liked the movie more because we haven't discussed it. But We made a pact as we exited the theater from the one thirty showing of The Joker today to not discuss it because yeah. we were both very... Uh, eager to have a conversation about what we had just seen in the previous couple of hours. So uh, this is all going to be fresh yes. on Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. Every Friday night, 6 p.m. live. The phone number here to get into the studio, which is really uh, my office, 760-422-5528, 760-I-CALL-AV. And um, so this is our nascent movie club, if you want to call it that, because we, we saw... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then we talked about that on the air, but tonight, the first thing Keith wants to say is what? Oh, I What word am I thinking of? I'm going to try to put it into your head. Spoilers. 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 Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But there will be one spoiler that will not be spoiled so that it would be possible to watch the film after listening to the show, because there's... I think there's only one thing that happens that you really need to not know happens. There's uh, there's one major thing in the film that you are not willing to divulge. I would have given it away. I probably would have said it. Yeah, I don't so, want. I, I don't want that. You don't want to be that. I don't person. want that on my conscience. You don't want that yeah. on your conscience. That's good. So we won't we won't give away the big thing. But there's other things we're going to talk about along the way. Other plot points of the film. So if you've seen it and you want to discuss it, seven six zero. I call AV seven six zero. Four two two five five two eight is the number here, um, and the joke—it's not called the Joker; it's just called Joker. Yeah, like Eagles. Like Eagles. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm not supposed to call them the Eagles? Look at any record cover, and that was—that's a yeah. Glenn Fry, he insisted on that. No, not the Eagles. Like when the band was new, Eagles. No, Eagles. Not the, e- Eagles. Not the Eagles. It's in the documentary. Eagles. Yeah. All right, so I won't call him the douchebag. I'll just call him douchebag. How's that? Nice speaking ill of the dead, yeah. bro. Oh, is he the dead one? I didn't even know. I swear to God, I, I thought it was sick. the other guy. I didn't even uh, know he was Henley's sick. still kicking, man. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, before we get to Joker, the film, let's just talk, go through some of the previews. Now, the previews all feature that goddamn door slamming sound that I can't stand that every modern soundtrack, and especially the trailers, has to have now. It's just this really amorphous percussion sound. You can't really tell what it is. It's supposed to be a kettle drum. What the fuck is it? Because it doesn't exist in real life. It's just a synthesized sound, and it's more or less like... Bah! <laughs> it's like that over and over again. Impact. So, yeah, it's like, it's like the sound of impact. I Years ago, I dubbed it the door slam sound. Yeah. And as we sat through the uh, trailers for... <laughs> Any number of films, yeah, they hour, all yeah. they all had that shit in it. <laughs> they they were all just pounding you in the brain with the over the top door slamming percussion. But um, I made a joke during the during the trailers that uh, I thought was pretty good. There's a film coming out called 1917, right? Right. 
Benedict Cumberbun is in it, I believe, right? Oh, uh, Cum- Cumberbatch? Yeah, I call him Cumberbun. Oh, you do that on purpose? Yeah, on purpose, yeah. That's very irreverent. Ben- Benedict Cumberbun. <laughs> and he uh, and the film seems to be about... It, maybe it's based on a true story. I don't know. Did uh, it say anything about being based on a true story? No, but what, World War One? It's called 1917, the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, World War One. So the idea is... That there's this group, this is like a, uh, 1,600 soldiers that are about to walk into a massacre uh-huh. unless somebody uh, takes this note to them and stops them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, one of the people that is elected to go is the brother of Benedict Cumberbund, I believe, right? And then the other <laughs> one is... Cumberbund. Yeah, Ted Cumberbund. <laughs> and the other one is some expendable <laughs> schmuck. And while they're getting this speech about how uh, impossible a mission this is going to be, the guy, the, one of the guys, and who was the guy? He was in the King's Speech, the 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 actor, oh, who, and he's in the he's in Kingsman. He's, he's in the first Kingsman movie. We saw a trailer for the other Kingsman movie, uh, the new Kingsman movie, which is set in uh, I don't know, before World War II, I guess. But anyway, he delivers this line, and he says, um, "Good luck." And I leaned over to Keith and I said, I wish they had added, you're gonna need it! Because that would have that would have been perfect. That would have been the best thing ever. And then, also, I said, yeah, you know what? He rescues his brother, and the next year, his brother dies in the flu of 1918. That's, see, I hate to tell you, spoiler alert. Uh, we also saw the trailers for some new Shining movie. Yeah, what well, is Doctor Sleep Good or something? What's the name you know, of it? I don't remember what it was. Stephen called. Stephen King film. I was just sitting there stewing, just thinking like, like they only can make even the movie we saw today. Like, there's no way of like like a new idea movie that is so twentieth twentieth century. Like a, a new idea for a movie about right that you don't know what it's about. I would <laughs> dare use it, uh, the French word pastiche. It looks yes. to be a pastiche. Yeah, um, he revisits a number of things, but. It's got the famous carpet in it. It's got Edmund. Danny on the big wheel. Red it's rum. got the red rum. It's got Creepy the blood twins. coming out of the elevators. It's got the Creepy. Overlook Hotel. Creepy twins. Creepy twins. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now Danny Torrance is an African-American girl. And it looked like it had no, um, I mean, it, I don't know. Oh, and Ewan McGregor's in it. Let's is not, that who that was? Ewan, Ewan I, McGregor. That's yes. one of those guys I never recognize. Why don't you ever recognize Ewan McGregor? Because I always think he's supposed to be like really skinny, like in train spotting with really, really, really short hair. And uh, so I don't. <laughs> and, he, and he's faking an American accent in this one. Of yeah, he's, I, he's acting. I, I haven't say. been catch, kept up with the t- last 20 years of Ewan McGregor's uh, incarnations, permutations. You know, the first one of the first things he was ever in, I think it might have been the first thing he was in, is still my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite things he's ever done. And he's done a lot of stuff. He's played yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi for that yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's called uh, Lipstick on Your Collar. It was a Dennis Potter uh, show uh-huh. that the BBC put on many, many years ago. Very hard to track down, very hard to find. I have a copy uh-huh. around here somewhere. I have to lend it to you, and you and the wife, Tammy Faye, will have to watch it at some point. Point. Tammy Wait. Faye Starlight, with whom you're doing every Thursday night in October at Pangea. At Pangea. A, uh, the entire Marianne so. Faithful album of Broken English. Correct. In a show called Why'd You Do It? Called Why'd You Do It? So just last night you were down there. For instance, yes, every every Thursday night, next four Thursdays, and uh, last night was Thursday. We did it last night. That's right. So we have how many more Thursdays? Four we, more Thursdays. We got four more Thursdays. You can catch the show at Pangea on Second Avenue. Yes, you can. Uh, there in Manhattan. 
Yes. And, and and reviewed in the New York Times most recently, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, very good review. Very nice review. Um, and Better thing, review than Joker got, by the way. Uh, well, you know what? That <laughs> they, that was a jerk-off review. I thought that was a douchebag. Yeah, douchebag. Fuck that guy's review, man. Yeah. He, he was really that, damning that, with faint praise. He was neither here nor there. He was a fence-sitter on this fucking film. He did not want to pick one side or the other. He was playing it right down the middle. I'll say that after seeing the movie, I really hate that everything has to be filtered through this like which side is this on because I don't think this movie needed that I don't think it was about that I think that anything about which side it reminds you of is not what the point of it was but um well maybe now we should get into talking about the movie you want to hear the trailer first should I play the trailer is there anybody out there <laughs> that would benefit from hearing the trailer of the film the trailer what I used to call the coming attractions. You don't call them that anymore. It's not called the trailer. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? Arthur Fleck, played by Joaquin Phoenix, who uh, lost 52 always pounds. tells me Under medical supervision. to smile and put on a happy face. Creepy, giving his mother a bath. I'm fucking creepy. She told me I had a purpose. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, I, I was a little bit shocked. That was a little bit. Whoa. What a fucking loser. Or is it getting crazier out there? Face got a little Jimmy Durante in there. Even though it's breaking. All right, so now they're just showing shots of him in Arkham State Hospital. Obviously, this is an origin story film, right? Oh, yes, yes. And what Todd Phillips decided to do was to go much darker than most origin story films. Yeah, that... Because the Batman is dark to begin with, right? Absolutely. The Dark Knight. Absolutely, and um, a point that I've seen made in another review, um, which I think is excellent, is that DC Comics, I mean, because, you know, those those fabulous dark Batmans everyone likes. Like, um, I have a hard time watching superhero movies, and I want to get into it, cause it's which is like trying to get into McDonald's cheeseburgers, but I want to <laughs> be in the dialogue. But I can't really watch the Marvel ones to pass the point. I can't really get into it. Like, I'm not against being into it. But the DC movies, they tend to be darker, more ambiguous, uh, more psychological. And this one takes that as far as you go, really, with the psychological it goes pretty far i have to say and um so again i'm gonna give you one more i'm gonna give you one more chance to to bail out of this program before we start talking about things that happen in the film because if you want to go see it and you don't want to have it spoiled for you now would be a good time to uh get the hell out all right all right that's fair warning, right? Would you say I've given them fair warning? You've given them more than point? enough fair warning. So, uh, so, so, the idea of telling this story again, which has to been told many times, right? Yeah. Been acted by many actors. The most most recently, uh, uh, who, Jared, who was Jared Leto? Shitty Jared Leto. I mean, who I often like, but um, and I didn't see the Joker, but uh, 
I heard it sucked, so I'm just going with the conventional wisdom on that. Now, what was that? I missed that. It what was, was a it? Suicide he... Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad. I don't even know what that Holy is because that's my thing of being disengaged from the superhero franchises. Oh my god, I think I actually watched that. <laughs> I forgot the Joker was in it. But he's doing it. He's doing Joker again for some more Suicide Squad shit. Of wait a minute, there's going to be two Jokers out there. Well, Won't the public find that confusing, Keith Hartel? <laughs> I think they can't seriously. Get, well, you know, here's the thing I learned was that part of Joaquin's deal on this was they had to set it up so that he was never going to be expected to have to show up in another movie as a Joker. Like he didn't want to have to be like tied to like, okay, we're going to make another one. He's Joker. You got to come back and be the Joker again. So that was that was a precondition of Joaquin Phoenix being. Oh wait, in he's one. not going to play the Joker in like the next Batman f- film or no, something? No, no. Are you shitting me? I, that spe- what was the fucking point that, of doing this then? Here's, here, I'll, I'll tell you the point because this is something that this is what Todd Phillips said to Joaquin Phoenix. He said, "We're going to put a real movie, but we're going to slip it through the studio system by making it a superhero movie." And so, in other words, the fact like it was a way of getting people to see the actual movie by making it Joker, but like. Say if you just made up a different character, you, you know, kept everything the same, but it just wasn't in that universe, it would hold up as a movie, or at least theoretically it should. I think it would. You're listening to Aerial View on houndnyc.com every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, live, except when I can't be here, and then it's a replay, and then it replays on Tuesdays. Also available as a podcast, uh, uh, wherever you get podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and all that crap. I gave my card to a guy at the Toyota dealership the other day, service desk guy, and he's a podcast. He looks at it and goes, podcast? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Tell yeah. me about your podcast. Yeah. I listen to podcasts. And he starts mentioning podcasts that I don't listen to. And Had you heard of them? There's a oh, lot yeah. Of them. Well, Joe Rogan Experience. I've heard of it. Oh, he I, I listen big, to Joe Rogan yeah, a lot. Yeah, you listen yeah. to Joe Rogan. Uh, it, there was a couple of others, but uh, I, I didn't... I couldn't make him understand that, to me, this is a live show first. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's really... It's a live show, and then it becomes a podcast because nobody really does that. Nobody does the live show that becomes the podcast, which is why it's a strange time. It is a strange time. Why you can call into this program at seven six zero four two two five five two eight seven six zero. I call AV. We have to uh, we have to keep because we're going to go down many sidetracks, and we have to keep backing up to get to the main line. But mm-hmm. the main line. Conversation is about Joker, the new film from Todd Phillips, which opened yesterday. We saw it today with maybe six other people I in would, the theater. I would say it was into, well into double digits. In the double theater. digits, really? Oh, well, maybe well, I didn't look well around. Well over enough. ten. Well over ten people. Uh, admittedly, it was the one thirty showing. Yes, so yeah, which uh, was cool. I think throughout the day, more people will actually go. But uh, we we talked a moment ago about the guy in the Times who reviewed it and uh, really didn't like it. I'm going to go ahead and say he did not like it. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a shitty review. Shitty review. Well, what they're doing now, well, let, let's get into, if we get into the the, 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 the bullshit, you know, controversy, not non-troversy, if you ask me, but they really had this buildup where first the previews got fantastic reviews, then it was starting to be like, it was almost like the movie was accused of being too good at making they, they accused it of being like some kind of right wing incel vibe, which it had no incel, it had no right wing. I mean, and let's let's look at the points. Like what what were what were some of the points that they made? Like one point they make it is very bad when people with mental illness have guns. That's a fucking point. That's a point. Um, it's men- very bad when their medication. Yes, uh, is taken away from and, them and when they, through no fault of their own, and the failure of the healthcare system to, to care for the mentally ill. Right, and then there's uh, there was a lot of outrage about income inequality. 
Okay. And then there was a lot of that. The conditions of the city is a lot of what you hear about Los Angeles and San Francisco with massive rat infestations and garbage all over the place. Right. Although it was also a timepiece that evoked the 70s. So when they say garbage strike, you think of 70s New York garbage strike. Right. It's supposed to be 1981. Oh, is that and, right? And, oh, that and, makes and, sense. And, and if I remember correctly, didn't the Bernie Getz thing happen in 1981? Oh, well, that sounds because about right. Bernie yeah. Getz doesn't get mentioned really in any of these reviews I've read. I don't. That's a good because, call. That's because, a very good call. Because I, the there was an inversion of the Bernie Getz thing. Right? Yeah. Now, the Bernie yeah. Getz thing is white guy in the subway shoots three unarmed black teenagers who were apparently using a screwdriver to try to rob him. Yeah, they were, they were, and, yes. Right, and and he's acquitted, essentially. He goes to trial, and mm. does he end up going to jail? I don't remember. I don't think he served any jail time. I don't think he did. I don't know. It's it's it's. He served jail time for, like, unlawful possession of a weapon, but yeah. I don't think... And and please, I'm going from memory, so I could be wrong, but there yeah. is an inversion of that scene. Yeah, that, no, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but you're totally nailed it. Guy on the subway gets yeah. harassed yeah, by and three then, people and, just, and, and they... turns the tables on them? Sure. Oh, yeah. It's total Bernie Getz. But it's also, yeah. uh, by the way, the guy in the Times that we were talking about is uh, A.O. Scott. He's been reviewing movies for the Times for many, many years, and the, and the headline on his review is... Joker review, are you kidding me? Go fuck yourself, <laughs> A.O. Scott. And he says, uh, by the way, that it's stirring up a fierce debate, but, quote, it's not interesting enough to argue about. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought it was really interesting, and I don't think it needs to be argued about. I think that it it, it needs to be, you could think about it, because it's, it's like I was starting to say, like, it has all of the engines of discontent is, is, is things that are true left-wing talking points, but it also connects mob mentality with with individual madness psychosis. That's I mean, that's what I thought one of the parallels being made was like Joker's a crate. He was an insane person. So his acts, he's he's a K. It's still the Joker is chaos message. Right. But the mob latches on to Joker and makes it about their trip. But I thought that that was a lot of the reflection was that the mob made like they read into Joker. Right. Good, good point, good point. And there's other there's other themes that come up here, one yeah. of them being child abuse. He's an abused yeah. child. He's horribly abused to the point of a brain injury, and he has to hand out a card uh, when he inappropriately laughs on public transportation that says, yes. please excuse my laughter, it's a condition, and it's a neurological thing, and I can't help, which I thought was really interesting, oh, it, right? It, it was also genius because he had the real laugh he couldn't control that happens at the wrong time, and then he had the phony laugh when he's trying to laugh to act like a normal person. Yeah, he, he I, and, oh God, you know, we're going to have to get into it sooner or later, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix navigates all this brilliantly as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Long been a favorite actor of mine. I, uh, you know, going back to uh, Gladiator, mm -hmm. which is also a punchline to a joke. You're going to have to figure out the setup. Uh, but, you know, he plays Commodus, right, in, uh. in Gladiator, and he's fantastic at it. And anything, I will go watch anything Joaquin Phoenix does. So you love you the know? master. Um, the master, Freddie Quell, I thought deserved an Oscar. I thought uh -huh. his performance deserved an Oscar. I thought this was close to, like, a, I thought this was a very Freddie Quell-like. He, he definitely tapped into some of the same areas that he did for Freddie Quell. Yeah, even the, a lot of the body language. The body language. Um, but, you know, the, and we did mention 
losing 52 pounds. Fuck you, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Managed to lose 52 pounds. Under medical supervision. Now, how come we all can't get that medical supervision? How, well, how much does that cost? Oh, there's Does that psycho. cost a boatload? Well, these actors are psychos. It's like the Christian Bale. Like, he, 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 he gets fat to be Dick Cheney, and then he gets, like, emaciated to be the mechanic. Um, You're or, right. Or, uh, it's... They're, they're not normal. Just let's just they're, write them no. off as they're not normal. They have different. But it's also that's their full time job is to like, I'll become this thing. And also, I mean, you, you've heard this method. Joaquin was walking off the set a lot. He had, right. you know, he was um, getting into a headspace that these people are fucking crazy. Man. They're crazy. Well, he's he's crazy, but he's been crazy for a long time. And, it's, yeah. and that makes him riveting to watch because Absolutely. there's something about what goes on on the screen and the way that he is above all else a film actor and the way that he is able to even with just his eyes yes he's the motherfucker's acting with his eyeballs yeah. i mean you know that to me is like he's acting with the back of his neck you know when yeah. you there when you can act with the back of your neck you're pretty damn good and and this film won it was a surprise winner at the, the venice film festival what was it not yes at the golden fucking lion or some yeah shit? and and then and then Things that that stupid controversy started is like, should the movie this good be about this thing? We can't figure it out. Well, why are people making the connection to what happened in Aurora, Colorado? Because it was the, a Batman film. Oh, it was playing. It, oh, it's a Batman film, and there's this 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 is a phony thing. Is that this kid that looked like Billy Joe Armstrong? They there there was it's like an urban legend almost like that he was intentionally was trying to look like the Joker and embody the Joker, and he wasn't. And this has been debunked. Just Google the debunking of that. That's not that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. But there is but but there's a tangential issue. The tangential issue being this is a film that takes a a, a hideous loser. I mean, yes. you know, when we meet uh, Arthur Fleck, he's living with his mother in yes. some hellhole in Gotham. It looks like the Bronx part of Gotham. There's yeah. this ungodly staircase out of the fucking exorcist that he has to go up and down yeah. constantly to get to his house. He lives with his mother, played by Francis Conroy. Genius From casting. Six Feet Under. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And he gives her baths and... You know, so and his life just blows. He's getting yeah. beat up. He's getting abused. He's getting. There was a little hint of even sexual abuse. You know, when that oh, guy, yeah, well, they when that guy gives him the pistol, right? There's just a little undercurrent of like, you know, you're my boy, and you'll take care of me, right? You're gonna take care of me, and I, I was like, what is he taking? How is he taking care of this? You guy? know what? I doing? didn't catch that undercurrent because I just noticed that when they went. When they go to the mother's background and they say you were abused by the right, he finds out he was abused by one of her boyfriends. So, abused is a very wide. Yeah, it's a big, big, big. Net I'm going turn. with sexual abuse. He yeah, that, that seems to abused. be the implication. Okay, okay. Yeah. So there's an implication of that, uh, but there's also like you know he is he is utterly beat down by life. He's yes. losing every day. He, he he's writing in this notebook like another Arthur Arthur Bremer, uh -huh. the guy who uh, crippled George Wallace, right? Arthur Bremer, upon whom Taxi Driver is based. So the the journals and diaries of Arthur Bremer. That shit's crazy. I mean, if you ever start delving into that, that's crazy shit. And, of course, Travis Bickle, Taxi Driver, and uh, Paul Schrader, the screenwriter, has said, yeah, Arthur yeah. Bremer. It was based on Arthur Bremer. So now this is another Arthur writing this crazy shit in, the, in these books. And he could end up being a Travis Bickle, yeah. taking a shot at a politician. Well, and another thing that they do, clearly in this movie, especially with that, like, the finger gun to head, like, there is, there's many overt shout-outs to Taxi Driver. And, and uh, King of Comedy. King of Comedy is the other one, right. Nero cast as and the... And Todd Phillips owns up to that, Yeah, right? well, it's it's so overt. It's homage, yes, it's like a, I would say. Another French word. We can't talk about this film without <laughs> using French. 
Because it's so good. That's how good it is. It's deep. Um, But to me, this was a very satisfying meal. And when I left the theater, I even felt, dare I say, energized to some degree. Yeah. I felt, uh, I don't want to say lifted up, but I felt like I saw something really, really good. And yeah. And I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to build it up too much where if you go and see it, you're like, what the hell are Chris and Keith talking yeah. about? I don't get it. But to me, the the this role and Joaquin Phoenix were made for each other. Absolutely. Right? He Absolutely. was made, he was like born to play Arthur Fleck. And when you tell me he's not going to do it again, yeah, it makes me very sad because I want to see him go up against some, you know, Ben yeah. Affleck or Christian Bale or whoever's playing Batman now. Well... Um, and, and I'm the fact that he his condition was that he would not be obligated to do it again. Maybe that was a holdout for lots of money. Maybe well, if they give him forty million dollars he, he doesn't seem like a very franchisey actor, but I'm just saying I, I I would just say the fact that he's not um obligated to do it again does not necessarily rule out him doing it again. I actually think it would be um I, I, I think it I, I think it would diminish the this movie if he started to do that again because this movie was like beginning middle end that's the guy i don't need to see that character in another context come back i and now that you're saying that there's something else that's occurring to me is like do we want to see him opposite batman you know the good guy yeah quote unquote. no do we want to see that do i know do i want to see him have to trade dialogue with the guy who's playing batman i'm not sure i do no you don't and this movie had no good guys right I mean, as far more or less, except for the the little person, see, that the little person, the only good guy in the whole movie, right? It says, doesn't he kiss him on the head? And said you were yeah, always said, nice you know, to me. Yeah, and that's literally, and it's funny because it's literally, if you watch the entire film, he's like with his mother, who's, you know, she's not a intentionally a jerk off to him, but he's got, uh, well, he he has to kill her at some point, but. Uh, <laughs> But no one, and, oh, he does social worker. He doesn't have a rapport with, um, right. he doesn't have a rapport with law enforcement. Um, people beat him up. Yes, no one, because when he says that to the little person, he meant at where they work. His boss was mean to him. Every, right. And he says, you were the only person that was ever nice to me. But it turns out if you watch the whole movie, because he was, I think, talking about really in that one, at that job. Right. Or at least that's the way it seemed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Wow. Wow. So we were already, we've given a number of spoilers. Again, we're talking about Joker, the new Todd Phillips film. Here on Aerial View on TheHoundNYC.com, where every Sunday you could hear a new hound howl at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and then followed uh, by the chop, doo-wop chop shop of the air, Crash in the Party with Mark and Miriam, and then vintage hound shows throughout the week. Otherwise, this show replays on Tuesdays, and it also becomes a podcast, but uh, Keith was here uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I don't even remember, talking about yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There is Oscar buzz around this film, Joker. There is talk of um, it being he, him being nominated, Joaquin Phoenix, oh, and yeah, I can't yeah. see anyone else in this film being nominated. There's really nobody else that no, it's one plays man show, that big is, role, as they it's say, him, right? And I'll tell you this: but who I would nominate for if there was an award for best guy in smallest part, Mark Marin was so perfectly cast. As the producer of that, um, uh, of the Murray Franklin show. show. Yeah, he was yes. so he was just he was exactly Marin, but he was also exactly the guy that you needed to be there saying those things at that time in that way. Now, again, this film's operating on a number of levels. The Murray Franklin part is analogous to Jerry Langford in yeah. King of Comedy that Ab- De Niro was in, right? Yep. As on the other side, he was the Fleck. He was the Arthur Fleck of King of Comedy. He was the Arthur Fleck. He was Rupert P- Pupkin yes. of. Uh, 
Passaic, New Jersey, uh, or it was Clifton, New Jersey, from Clifton, New Jersey. Uh, as he says in one of his the routine when he finally gets on the stage, you can't be too poor in Clifton because then they exile you to Passaic. That's the that's <laughs> yeah, the yes, punchline yes, yes. to that joke. And um, of course, Rupert's got his own mother. Mom, yeah. I'm doing this now. Yeah, I don't mind that you do it. Just turn it down. You know all that shit. If you haven't seen King of Comedy in a while, by the way, it's a revelation. It's truly a brilliant oh, film. Yeah. And one that you that you have to see, and 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 just squirm worthy, many squirm worthy moments of him trying to ingratiate himself with uh, Jerry Langford, played by Jerry Lewis, in yeah. one of his last great parts, and utterly failing to do so, even to the point of um, breaking into his house, yeah. on Long Island and showing up unannounced, right? So, which is weird because that happened before that lady broke into Letterman's house, right? <laughs> like a long time before. She might have been inspired, and this yeah. brings me around <laughs> oh, yes. to a big a reason people are complaining about this film. They feel like it's going to inspire, as you mentioned earlier, incels, yeah. involuntary celibates, which is, I mean, to that... go out and create mayhem. And is that that's what they're a worried thing, about? but like the incel mass shooter overlap. There, I mean, because there's an incel that drove a car into some people, but the mass shooters. Here's the thing: mass shooters always on fucking meds, and that is another element that comes into play here. Like, the, I mean, that that that's a correlation. It goes back to uh, Columbine. Like, the mass shooters always are on meds, and they always, which means they always have some kind of mental problem that's not apparently being treated sufficiently to keep them from shooting a whole school or a bunch of people or yeah. anything. Well, I have to say, and I'm really, uh, you know, I wonder, by the way, because we sat in the very last row of the theater, okay? Bessie. Now, um, is it that or it's because you wanted to see the shooter come in if the shooter did come in? Were you thinking, at least back here, we'll have a really good view of the entire place, and if the if some guy pulls a weapon out of his backpack, we could see it. If we're seated, so because at one point it did occur to me, we're in a movie theater, right? There, who knows what could break out in a movie theater, because it's broken out before. Yes. No, there's no metal detector. Yeah, at yeah, this yeah. place, right? There's free posters on the refreshment stand, but that's it. There's no metal detector. So, and there were people there with backpacks. Who's bringing backpacks to the movie theater? So, Why do you have to bring your backpack to the movie well, theater? I only remember the only person I remember specifically <laughs> with a backpack was one one person who I happened to have a personal um, interaction with who I was hiding from, and we were hiding. You would join me yes, hiding from him and we, avoiding him. And he had a backpack. He had his feet up on the railings. He was a fucking animal. And I was like, that, that this is that's that's the guy. But yeah. it, not really. But douche. A total yeah. douche. But yeah, I don't, and I don't think he's shooty. But um, okay, but maybe. Good. But you never know with those people that put their feet up on the railing and yeah. they stay too long watching the credits at the end. I know. Uh, what's that it was, about? By the way, it was a fucking icebox in that theater. It, it, it was, was really so cold. Goddamn cold. I really, I'm really glad. On I the brought... first cold day of the year. I know, and I and I managed to remember to bring a hoodie with me, so that was good. But I also, I mean, it just. Uh, cold and then loud, really, really loud. But the previews seemed to be louder than the film. And again, the previews were nothing but door slamming sounds. That's all they were. And it was, it was just one right after the other. Let's get back to the main attraction, yes. namely Joker, the new Todd Phillips film, which is a supervillain origin story. They describe Joker as a supervillain, not yes. just a villain, but a, because I guess you got superheroes and supervillains. Right, right, right. But um, it, it's the reviews that this film are getting made me alternately want to see it and then never want to see it. 
Why is it so polarizing, Keith Hartel? Because everything has to be polarizing now. Be- and, and that's my, my I, I will stand, I will die on the hill of this movie, anyone should be able to watch it and not have to filter it through what side they're on. It's, it's, it's about the conditions of the world, the issues that people are grappling with now, um, it, and, and just the, the tone of the times. And I don't think it comes down, be, let's put it this way, like it seems like a lot of the backlash is that it just make it, uh, the, the rioters are Antifa style. They have masks and they're against income inequality and they do rioting like the Portland style rioting, but much worse, of course. Right, because it's and Gotham I, City. I, I yes. don't think that fucking people and especially, no, nah, I'm not going to say especially it's because it's only the people I know, but like the left, like they can't handle like ambiguity of, you know, it's really good to be against this, but rioting and mob mentality is destructive and mindless and it, and it, and it, and it leads to, it's violent, like it, it's, it's not productive, it, but it's understandable there's a way of understanding why it would happen without having to justify it. And that is a problem. There, uh, the whole left has, uh, and what I mean left is like anything left of like freaking, I don't know, Hillary or Hillary, Hillary and which means cent- center to, through to the left. Okay. Is like you can't have like. Yeah, the Antifa, those people seem like a little, a little mixed up about some things with that masks and they want to run around hitting people with, they want to do violence, like they, and they do, and it's, it's, it's a little mixed up. <laughs> right. And, and, right. And the thing is, so even if what it's about, you could agree with a lot of what they're railing against and just be like, well, you're taking it too far. Maybe it seems like you're just a young person that wants to cosplay some kind of riot violence and wow. be a badass. That's but, a, yeah, I like that. But cosplay. It's, and, cosplay as an Antifa. Yeah, hmm. and, and well, that, that's what it is, but and, and and covering the faces, right? Um, and the thing is, I I don't think it should be so hard to process. Well, if you get this movement that wants to show up at riots with their faces covered, so that if they do violence, you can't identify them, should we really have a problem saying like, I don't know, that might not be perfect solution? Yeah, I I don't think we should have a problem saying that. We should be able to say that if we want, and I and. Listen, I it's it's very hard to go down the rabbit hole of um, the whole argument of whether we're uh, politically correct these days and what is political correctness. I think political correctness gets a bad name because a lot of pe- when when people say political correctness, what they really mean is uh, politeness. Like they don't want to have to be polite to other people. They don't want to have to consider other people's feelings when they say the stupid shit that they want to be able to say. And yes, we live in a different time now. Yeah. We live in a time now where if you say a lot of stupid, ignorant shit, mm. someone's going to call you out on it. Except and, w- the question is, what is stupid and ignorant? Because was the Dave Chappelle oh, show, the, the last special, was it ignorant or was it fucking on the money? Or was it somewhere in the middle? Um, I think the last Dave Chappelle special was any number of things. But I think um, Dave Chappelle likes to luxuriate in his... Uh, ability to push buttons and anybody's buttons who's who's ever they are he's gonna push them because he's dave Chappelle and he can and he's an awesome comedian maybe best in the world working and he's really and he's really good at it and he and and he makes you involuntarily laugh at the things that he's saying a lot of the laughter is because you're thinking did he really just say that yes wrong i can't believe it's it's wrong yeah yes wrong things that he says Straight out, and we all love him for that. We, yeah, you know. Well, when we used to love a lot of, we used to love that idea. Like that's in all of Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, 
in uh, everything was based. On, George Carlin did a bunch of that shit, like like just saying something wrong, and then and then describing like a logic that can bring you to seeing it that way and laughing at something you know is wrong. Or, or it's like a thought that you know that you have that you're not supposed to think, and someone says it out loud, and you laugh like that. Well, a see, lot of the best comedy is based around that concept. I, I I, listen, as somebody who has done uh, psychotherapy for any number of years, I will say that one of the things Shrinks always said to me is that you're supposed to have every thought, and then act upon the ones that you uh, think will get you what you want. You know, so you're not supposed mm-hmm. to act upon every thought, but you're supposed to have every thought because the idea of not having these thoughts makes people neurotic. When you start yeah. not having thoughts, that's when you become neurotic. So maybe Dave Chappelle is just healthier than everybody else in society. Uh, oh, obviously Because he is. he's comfortable having the thought and sharing the thought and saying the thought. And I have nothing wrong with the things that he says. I mean, uh, it, but um, I, I think, I don't know if some other comedian can get away with them. I, I don't know... That well, right now, Chappelle's well, obviously Louis C.K. has been taken out. He can't get away with that shit anymore. Uh, although right? he's selling out clubs now all over America and now in Canada last week, he just rolls in. They announce him at the last minute, and he sells out multiple nights, two night, two shows a night, for you know several days at a time. His audience is still out there, like not the whole, maybe not the whole like zeitgeist Louis C.K. audience, mm-hmm. but the comedy fans or whoever used to like to listen to him on Opie and Anthony or whatever. Those people are showing up and to me um that louis the famous the notorious um leak audio from december 2018 that had me i i had the benefit of hearing it before there was discussion because it just showed up in my youtube recommendations i was laughing to the point of tears including at the worst joke because you need context where it builds up but the worst joke was the wrongest thought that had an angle that I could not disagree with, but mm-hmm. but that you know takes us down another road. But well, yeah, and, and you know we we've gone on a Dave Chappelle digression. And I'm not really, I can't remember why the hell we went on. Oh, because political were, correctness, yeah, because political correctness, and and the polarizing nature of the time that we live in, and things are only going to get worse. Because you know, if you want a little bit of an upside down update, and that's you know my uh, examination of what's happening in the news right now, we're in the midst of an impeachment inquiry every day. Our president uh, demeans and and diminishes the Constitution of the United States and basically pisses on the idea of the office of president having any dignity. This is the most undignified motherfucker that has ever sat at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I challenge you, even you jerk-offs who are out there who is saying, you know, Warren G. Harding was pretty undignified. I'm like, I don't... I don't know that. I, I, I'm not aware of that. But I would guarantee you there's been no fucking slob like this slob that's been in the White House. And I'm he has sure of it. far less bodies on him than W. He has less bodies on him than Reagan. Less bodies than Nixon. I don't know about that. When you no, start no, withholding military true. aid from Ukraine no, no. and Vladimir Putin wants I'm Ukraine. I'm saying actively killing people, but I, I can't... I, I, I'm, I I'm leaving. Think, I'm leaving it at that. I, I think we're going to have to wait for that People final number. People only I hate him for the way he talks. I don't know about that. I'm not entirely sure about that. I think there's a lot more reasons to hate him oh there is but that's not what people discuss and and uh but i I, i'll discuss it i mean i yeah yes he's a disgusting individual with no class but beyond that he's also a criminal and he's also uh somebody who's perfectly willing to use the office to cash out him and his kids are more than happy to cash out 
from the office and from being part of the government. Which, so, but also that's what the Clintons did too. Yeah, and I'm every not, also yeah. every president Obama's cashing out right now. Well, but he was I, polite I, about it. I don't know if he was cashing out while he was president. No, but, but they yes. cash out after. That's yeah. everyone. Okay. every single well, one of them does you that. You could cash out after. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, that's not. I'm not. I don't have an issue but with let's that. Let's not make everything about Trump. Can we not make? No, no, this no. About I, Trump? I'm, I'm trying to get around to a point yeah. about Joker, the film, because you know I'm trying to figure out. You know, even though the film is set in 1981, and by the way, I, as someone who w- didn't grow up reading comic books, I've read like Mad Magazine, yeah. National Lampoon, Cracked Crazy, all that shit. I didn't really read comic books. So the shifting com- cinematic comic book universe always confuses me because now apparently, you know, 1981 is the year that Bruce Wayne's parents get it, right? Yeah. Wasn't it the 1940s until yeah. almost until recently? So so they've they shot up 40 years to tell this story, right? Yeah. It's set in 1981, but obviously, as we said earlier, there's a lot of echoes of what's going on now, especially yeah. in the line he says uh, to the social worker about, I, you know, is it me or do people just seem like they're not so nice anymore? Whatever the line is, you know, yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. So... So were you picking up on the subtext of what we're living through right now and thinking of how there are definite echoes? Sub? In, was, it, was it a sub? Was it sub? Or was it just text? Oh, uh, we got <laughs> but, breaking news. I, I, and I hate to share this with you. I okay. think you're not going to like it. Uh, Bernie Sanders had a heart attack. Again? Wait, do you mean after? Yeah, because he was hospitalized, what, yesterday? Literally yesterday uh, he was heart hospitalized. And they put stents in his heart yesterday. Right. So, so did, he have a, did he leave the hospital and have another heart attack? I, oh. It just popped up, man. It just popped up on my, my notifications. Let me see. It says here uh, he's had a heart attack Friday after he departed Desert Springs Hospital Medical Center oh, in man. Las Vegas. Um, Holy shit. Okay, he, myocardial infarction. So after they put the stent in and after he left the hospital... He had a heart attack. It's breaking news. Well, Where the hell's my teletype? How are you? Do you want to respond to this in real time? Uh, yeah, well, I'll respond in, in the first place is like to be even handed about like who I like more than other people. When Bernie was running against Hillary, um, people consider this a right wing conspiracy theory, but it was actually basically true. Like H- Hillary's health was pretty fucked up. And um, I along with the FBI investigation, it's just like, look, like she, she's falling down. She looks different every time you see her on TV. This was before she actually fainted and was carried into a car at 9-11 memorial. And I just thought, like, you know, this isn't who should be running. And I thought that Bernie, for one thing, and I was uh, a very uh, avid Bernie supporter of 2016, and in, you know, um, uh, emotionally support or, like, philosophically support now, but I never saw 2020 as his year. Um, I do believe in a, like, let's try to get someone less than 100 to run. No one is at the their top of their game after 75, 80, whatever, freaking. But um, so I just thought that his cam- as soon as the beginning of his campaign, remember when he fell down and he had that stupid bandage on his head? Yes. Um, I thought it was over then. I thought it was over before then. And I've been rooting for him every step of the way because I... I'm with him philosophically. I'm with his integrity. I never saw it happening for him this year. But as soon as he went in the hospital yesterday, I thought, well, all right, now it's really over. But I guess now it's really, 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 really over. Yeah, this story was updated at 6.41 p.m. So it's now 6.48 p.m. So I feel 
assured that this is current. Actually, 6.43 p.m. it was updated. And it says this is CNN Democratic presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders suffered a heart attack. His campaign confirmed on Friday after he departed Desert Springs Hospital Medical Center in Las Vegas. And he had stents put in, didn't he? Isn't that why he went to that hospital? And everyone's saying how it's no big deal when you have stents put in and you just tour 24-7 for a whole year and you're 78 years old. And it's like, oh, this isn't going to slow him down. Oh, my God. It doesn't say, by the way, we're hoping that he was just outside the doors of the hospital and they quickly brought him back inside. We don't even know... There's not any information on what happened. Well, you know what's so. funny. You know what's funny is that who's someone who's around uh, Bernie Sanders' age, Mick Jagger, right? Right. And the thing is, I was talking to Tammy last night about how you know I've been reading up like with Stones on tour. I mean, this is mainly for insurance reasons, but they have a whole like paramedics, like they have the shortest route to every hospital, like everywhere the Stones go. They are ready, and Jagger looks. I mean, you've seen his comeback videos. It or whatever. looks like Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, exactly. Like he uh, emaciated. Yeah, and also just like the and Jagger's like some kind of ultimate health maniac. Really? Oh, of course he is. You think I he's mean, a vegan? I mean, when you oh, say the, ultimate the, health maniac, well, uh, he, you know what his last hobby he picked up with was um, eating air. No, rings yoga. Like in other words, yoga is not enough. I have to do it on those like Olympic rings, motherfucker. Like, but the other thing is, there was there was video of him what he would do for a warm up in the stadium. If you ever saw this video to warm up during the day, like freaking Mike Tyson, he just goes out on the stage and is just dancing and running around the stage. That's how he spends the day. Oh, I'm of exhausted the just listening to it. By the way, my Apple Watch just told me to stand up. Time to stand. Oh, okay. You don't think Mick Jagger's watch is telling him it's time to stand up, do you? Mick Jagger. Fucking... I don't think he ever. Have you ever seen the guy sit down? No. He's dancing. He's a dancing man. He's on the move dancing constantly. Fool. Maybe he should run for president. He's inel- ineligible. He wasn't born here. Oh well. Our loss. Oh well. Listen, Bernie. We hope you're okay. Yes, we Bernie. Do. We hope you're okay. We. Ho- By the way, Bernie. No, there's nothing wrong whatsoever. If you were to say, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta leave this race," well, no one's gonna think less of you. No, much respect. People would think people would think more of him. Think would people would think more of him because Biden should do it too. Biden should leave. I think there's a whole bunch of people that should walk at this point. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, if you're listening, get the fuck out. Seriously. I want Klobuchar to stay in for Why? humor. You, you perverse. Because she's she's well. For one thing, I you know my wife. She does a great Klobuchar impression because, you know, the Amy Klobuchar was asked, like, what's good, the thing that's going to separate you? And she said, oh, well, I'm going to be the sense of humor person. And oh, I don't know if you saw Jesus, this Jesus, she's wide of the beam. Thing. She's wide of the beam on that one. No, well, what? but there was because she was going around telling this joke is like Donald Trump calls me snow woman. I would like to see how his hair would fare in a snowstorm. And then the Daily and she Show. she tells it like 18 times. Right? Yeah, they, yeah, and they show a compilation. And the, yet yeah, 18 times in the exact same tone and inflection. And I just love, I just want to. And now she made a joke about blue wall, like, you know, because there was a picture of Melania with a blue dress. She's like, Melania knows about the blue wall. Like, no, that shit's not getting old. I want Klobuchar in oh, to the end. Jesus. I don't we, think she'll do any damage. All right. All right. If you say so. Comic relief. I, I, okay. We do need. Hey, listen, I love to laugh. Which brings us back to Joker with Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. Opened yesterday. Uh, I I want to give this two enthusiastic thumbs up. I'll, I'll be Roger Ebert on yeah. this one. I don't care. Let's both be Roger. Yeah, Ebert. no, fuck I, Gene yeah, Siskel. No, no. I, well, I, sometimes they agree. No, I, I. Uh, uh, totally. They do. You, I, I think that on this film, Siskel probably would have been more like A.O. Scott. He probably would have said that this is just awfulness parading as importance. That it's just this. 
we're looking at this hideous behavior by hideous people, and somehow we're supposed to think that it's uh, elevated commentary on our current I'm, times. I'm suspicious kind of, of all the, the reviews because... A.O. Scott, I think that Vice did a review like that, Vice and or Slate, where, and, and I, I just think it's very um, motivated not by what the quality of the actual entertainment value of the movie is, which is the new the new take on the movie, as A.O. Scott puts it, but it seems to be like, you know what, it's just not that important, it's not that deep, it's not even interesting enough to argue, it's like, no, don't, you don't need to argue, um, it's, it's discussable, for sure, and just full-on entertaining, um, reflects the culture, and um, it just seems like a perfect execution of a concept. It's Joaquin Phoenix as his character. And I, again, I would watch him read the phone book. I think he's a really interesting cat. Um, What's the last thing you saw him in? Because I think I've missed a number of Joaquin Phoenix films. Uh, You know what the last thing? Probably Inherent Vice. Yes, that's the last thing I saw him in. Right. Which yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson film. Paul Thomas Anderson film Son based of on Goulardi. Both based on the second most recent Thomas Pynchon novel. Okay, and uh, I read the book and saw the movie, and I really wish that I was able to like the movie more based on how much I like the novel, how much I like Paul Thomas Anderson and Joaquin Phoenix. I got to ask you a question because we have about seven minutes left in the program. Aerial view on the houndnyc.com. Keith Hartel with me and my special guests. Uh, do you want to plug yourself at all? Uh, plug myself? Yes, please. Go, go plug right yourself. Ahead. Go plug yourself. Okay. Uh, Keith can be found where? Well, at Pangea every Thursday with my wife. Are you on base on that show? I'm on base. You're on base. Okay. Um, we're covering Marianne Faithful's Broken English in its entirety, and Barry Reynolds, who co-wrote and played on the album, is in the band. That's a coup, and, right there. Oh yeah, no, it's it, what it, a coup. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's it, yeah, the good kind of coup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good and kind. Um, but all, and then Tammy um, inhabits the character of Marianne Faithful in between songs. Um, the New York Times review, besides saying, you know, where it was funny or whatever, says it also had, it, it could be like a 33 and a third little book as far as like, you know, explaining the context of the album. So, yeah. and it's, so I, it's I funny, prefer those to these other books I saw where it was like, I was, I was at a bookstore in Kingston, New York, and right there by the door, there were a couple of books. One was why the Beach Boys are important. And the uh, other one was why the Ramones report. No, Tammy and I got were, angry I, at those I exact like, books. Fuck you! I don't need a fucking book to tell me why they're important. Who the fuck needs a book to tell them why the Beach Boys and the Ramones are important? Who are these morons? Ironically, that Ramones important because Tammy um, talks to Danny Fields a lot, and um, yeah, that that so that that specific book um, is a household um, outrage object um, that we just. When it came out, we just were yelling at each other that thing at each other. I would like to buy it for people so they could use it to throw in a fireplace over the holidays. That would be a good use of that thing. It should be kindling. It's up there with why the Beatles are important. Why are the Beatles important? Why is Bob Dylan important? So I was about to ask, and I I, I feel odd mentioning this, but I'm just going to mention it anyway. Famously, Joaquin Phoenix watched his brother River Phoenix die in front of the Viper Room in Los Angeles. Yes. And uh, he is heard on the 911 call. You can hear him pleading frantically for help, and it's just the most heartrending thing. Um, Does he ever, do you ever feel like he's tapping into some part of that and and that somehow that 
changes the way that he approaches acting, or is that uh, a dumb question? No, I think I think how could it not on one end, and the other end is, do you know that there is that weird thing where the phoenixes were raised in some kind of weird, one of these weird child sexualization cults? No, I, I, I mean I knew something about like a commune. Their parents were involved. Yeah, in, but there's some weird. It's there. It, it's very shady, shadowy. But well, when. I don't know all the details, but like they were raised in some, you know, um, unorthodox, probably not how you grow a healthy, functional person well, context. Yeah, of course, unorthodox. His brother was named River, and he's named Joaquin. Forgot? Did they have a sister? Rain. Like a uh, rain. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, Rain Phoenix. Uh, but Joaquin Phoenix, um, I am going to go out on a limb. This movie, give him the fucking Oscar already. Just give him. Just forget. Who else is going to be in the running? Leonardo. Leo, for what? For that Once movie, Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood? Yeah. He got it for The Revenant. How many years no, ago? No, I'm not saying. I'm just. Has just, Joaquin Phoenix won a uh, an Oscar yet? I, an acting Oscar? I don't. Best I don't, actor? I don't think so because he would have said such weird shit in the speech that it we'd would be all famous. remember it. Yeah. yeah. So no. I'm pretty sure he has This it. is the one, baby. I'll, I, I'll, you I'll know, go with you on all that. All right. Give it to Joaquin and. Um, we're going to wrap things up and remind you again every Thursday. Four more Thursdays. Uh, why'd you do it? This is uh, Marianne Faithful's Broken English in its uh, completeness mm-hmm. with Barry Reynolds, who was involved in the making of the album. He played Keith on the Martel record. Keith Martell on bass, yeah. Tammy Faye Starlight as Marianne Faithful. There is uh, Rich Ferriden. Rich Ferriden. Uh, Esther Ballant, who's uh, known for being like in you know, movies Jarmish and Jarmish films. Yeah, right? yeah including yes. the recent zombie movie. Right. She's a long time, uh, what you call a downtown downtown art scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. They uh, I wanted to say habituate. How yeah. do you say that word? H a b i t u e. Oh, was habitu? Habitu? We're going French again. Ingenue? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. There's more French in this program than I've had in the last 18 aerial views combined. Oh, so. and the uh, on keyboards, David Nagler. Uh, so you can find them at Pangea every Thursday, and also uh, Keith is uh, still helping people learn how to play the goddamn guitar Trying. at Guitar Bar. And um, I'm going to turn you over to the Vintage Hound shows. Don't forget, every Sunday at 3 p.m., Hound Howls, new ones, and then 5 p.m., Crashing the Party with Mark and Miriam, Do-Up Chop Shop of the Year. I wanted to use a piece of music from the film we got rock and roll part two in there which is also controversial guy had to point it out that you know gary glitter's yeah, a child molester you know so if you ruled out all those people you have nothing left but hamilton and harry potter Rule i don't know out everyone that ever ever did anything you objected to most and that's all three, you have left you could throw out i would say uh eight nine tenths of rock and roll if yeah, you were and, to start including all of it that was good right uh, so let's not do that. And I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to separate the person Gary Glitter from the music that he put out. Right? Have it's you ever still... heard about things Chuck Berry did? <laughs> yes, I, I've seen things <laughs> yeah. Chuck Berry did. I was at a party years ago where yeah, a video the video was shown came out, right? of uh, Chuck Berry uh, peeing on a blonde. I kiss you, baby, but you smell like piss. And then he farted, and he said, "Smell my fart." Smell my fart. Yes, it's a very famous video. It's not on YouTube. I looked for it. <laughs> But I couldn't find uh, Smile, which is in the film, written by famously by Charlie Chaplin, in the film sung by Jimmy Durante. I could not find um, Send in the Clowns, which uh, there's a few versions used in the film, including Sinatra's. Um, but I found White Room, except it's not by Clapton. It might be better. I don't know if I should say who it's by. Should I just play it? Or is it better? I would say to say who it's by because it's interesting and they would never guess. Like, right. you're never going to. And... It's by Waylon Jennings for some reason. Of all people, of all one people. might say. 
And I'll thank uh, Keith Hartel for being here with me. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for go having see, me. Go see Joker. You're really going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'll see you again on Friday with another new Aerial View. In the meanwhile, it becomes a podcast wherever you get podcasts and replays on Tuesday at 6 p.m. right here on The Hound NYC. In a white room with black curtains in the station. Say